Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're talking about discipleship with Vince Greenwald. Vince is the Director of Student Ministry at Emmanuel Church in Nashville. How are you doing, Vince? I'm doing great. I'm doing, hey, thanks I'm so doing much. awesome. How about you, Mike? Thanks. Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. So I know we've been uh, emailing back and forth for uh, close to a month. Uh, so as, as we were kind of hammering down what we were going to be talking about in the episode, um, I, I've genuinely uh, really been looking forward to uh, meeting you and, and talking with you about discipleship. Yeah, me, me too. And, and you're going to get kind of uh, extra energized, Vince, because I just finished a, a semester of seminary. Awesome. And uh, I'm feeling, feeling good. So, and, and we've got our youth end of year party tonight. So I'm about to eat a bunch of pizza with a bunch of teenagers. So, so fun. I'm feeling it. So fun. Excited. As we'd say here, up here in Boston, you're feeling wicked smart, right? Wicked smart e- after the semester. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, so. that doesn't, um, that doesn't compute down here in Nashville, but <laughs> I like it. I'll go. My with Boston it. doesn't usually come out too much, but uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for things like that, wicked smart. So uh, Vince, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. How long have you been at Emmanuel Nashville and uh, how'd you get into youth ministry? Yeah, I've been at Emmanuel as a member for six years, six and a half. I've been on staff for four years leading the student ministry. And the first two years I was part-time. And then the, the last two years I've been full-time here on staff and uh, I got into youth ministry, pro- I would probably say in eighth grade. Uh, I, I uh, had so I had a, a, an older brother who was really influential on me in terms of uh, he lived uh, a life, uh, just just lives, lives boldly for Jesus and was doing that uh, from a young age. He was three years older than me, and I got to see him do that. Uh, my sister was similar in that. And, uh, yeah, from, from eighth grade on, I had a Bible study with my friends that I was leading and, uh, would kind of find, find older folks who, uh, knew the Bible a lot better than I did. And I would say, Hey, I'll bring my friends if you bring the word. And yeah, started doing that in eighth grade and, and, uh, kind of never stopped. So it's be it's taken a lot of different uh, shapes and different stages of life. In college, I uh, led a small group of the parachurch ministry. Um, after college, I, be- I became a high school teacher and, and coach and was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes sponsor and, and kind of found avenues there for discipleship. Uh, but but now I'm doing it in the church, uh, yeah. the church that my wife and I have been at for a while. And, and we really, we really love that. Um, it's, it's a privilege. It's been yeah. great. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool to hear. Um, I led I led an FCA huddle 
in high school at my at my school too. So yeah, it's cool. Awesome. I, I love those um, opportunities to give students to teach and to lead and um, to practice ministry. Um, yeah, it, while they're still students. Uh, so when you were a teenager, uh, what was your go-to look or favorite article of clothing? Like what was what what was the Vince look in high school? Oh my goodness, this this is embarrassing, uh, but in kind of more of a funny way uh, than it is like a actually like I kind of smile uh, but cringe at the same time when I think about this. Uh, I wore just like two two ridiculous ridiculous things. I think every single day of high school, <laughs> I either wore. Uh, Jordan basketball shorts that were about halfway down my ankles. Um, oh my gosh. Like the waistband was where it was supposed to be, but they were so long <laughs> that they almost looked like, like uh, loose joggers or something with no like tight oh uh, band. And so uh, my brother and I had a degree uh, or a rule where if it was above 20 degrees, we were wearing shorts and that that's just, a little bit of Iowa uh, climate for you, but yeah. I would either wear those long Jordan shorts uh, and just look absolutely ridiculous, or I would wear cargo shorts from Aeropostale, um, and they just they had seventeen pockets, so many and, pockets. Uh, you know, I could like keep my whole lunch in in the pockets. <laughs> I, I didn't even need to bring a sack or a bag. And, Did you were uh, you ever tempted to fill your pockets with tater tots? I, I never, I never was, I was kind of a home lunch guy. I wasn't a school <laughs> lunch guy from an early age, but the, the cargo shorts were just in hindsight, really, really bad. And I had no idea. Yeah. No one ever told me I looked ridiculous. And then I got to college <laughs> and I went to Baylor. It's a little bit more of a preppy, you know, Southern school. And I just quickly realized after going um to a few to classes and events uh really really poorly dressed i quickly realized like oh like wow i've been doing the whole like clothing thing really really wrong that's and, so funny um i didn't i didn't adjust very well but at least i was aware that the, the cargo shorts needed to go i haven't worn those since high school i think yeah yeah, or first fall, fall semester of college. Yeah, the cargo shorts <laughs> Just disappeared. Scarred from ever wearing cargos again. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I, I count my pockets before before I. Uh, <laughs> oh, too many pockets can't wear it since then. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so today we're we're talking about discipleship uh, in student ministry and. Um, just curious, how do you define what is discipleship and what are some ways that you've seen discipleship misunderstood? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I think of discipleship in a, uh, really a church-wide sense that, it, that it's uh, Christians, uh, that belong to a church together, uh, belong to a body together, um, uh, and by Christians, I mean those who belong to Christ, helping other Christians grow towards maturity in Christ. Yeah. And uh, I think that expansive 
definition and that communal definition helps prevent some of the misunderstandings that we'll get into in a second. Um, I, I'd say the second thing, though, that I'd appreciate or, or, or that I appreciate um, when I think about discipleship is, is Dallas Willard's uh, emphasis on discipleship as apprenticeship. Yeah. And just his kind of expansive understanding of uh, discipleship is all encompassing all of Christ for, for all of life. And this is something that I see students really badly need. Uh, they don't, any sort of discipleship uh, definition or paradigm that impacts three or four hours of their week is, is not, is, is not really discipleship. Um, as we see in the scriptures, it's gotta be bigger. And so, uh, I, I like, I like, uh, Willard's apprenticeship language, just in the sense of we're learning from Jesus how to live. Uh, do you remember what book it is where he mentions that? If uh, any listeners are interested in digging more into that. His, uh, his long book that's very confusing and very difficult. And you have to read every sentence like four times that I've read is the divine conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And he definitely discusses it there. He also has, there's a book that I think is a combination of essays that he's written called the great omission. That's yep. specifically about discipleship. And okay. so I'd say the, the intro intro Willard on discipleship is, is a great omission. Yeah. And then if you want to just go deep end, uh, the divine, yeah. D divine conspiracy. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to remember right. that. Is that, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great book. Really great it, book. It, you could, you could drive some nails with that one. If you want, it's, it's yeah. one of those thick hard covers that you can just, yeah. Yeah. That one's dense. Yeah. Too, but, but it's, but it's, it's really not, good. it's not pretentious. It's not yeah. in the clouds. It's, it's really, yeah. um, really wonderful. So yeah. that's been helpful. Uh, a few scriptures that I think inform our understanding of discipleship at a manual, uh, Colossians one, nine and 10, uh, just Paul's prayer for, for the church where he says, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, that just, just that idea of walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. And there's this combination of fruit bearing and then increasing in knowledge of God yeah. that, I think speaks speaks to our understanding of discipleship, and then Galatians four nineteen informs a lot of the language that we use around around students, uh, which is uh, when when Paul is just saying, "My little children, for whom I am again in ang in the anguish of childbirth, until Christ in, is formed in you." And mm -hmm. so this uh, this idea of, of Christ being formed in us. I think I think in, encapsulates a lot of of the the biblical picture of discipleship that we want to mm -hmm. um, we want to embody. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, one of the things I really like about that is the communal element of it and the practice, right? Because one of the things I've seen in um, almost two decades of ministry is that it's it's really easy to talk about discipleship as if discipleship equals education, 
Um, and mm -hmm. my discipleship plan is really just my teaching plan, um, as if those two things are the same, but they're not, right? Right. So um, what does what does it look like for you to build and implement a discipleship plan um, in your student ministry at Emmanuel? Uh, how does that reflect what the, the church kind of at large is doing? And um, yeah, can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we have in, in the student ministry, and, and part of this was from necessity of, of me being part-time, we borrowed as much as possible from the broader church in, in terms of the language that we use with our student ministry, the, the strategy, the uh, philosophy of ministry. We just very intentionally set out to not not um, kind of do our own thing in the pocket of the youth group, but, but wanted to, to uh, adopt the discipleship plan of the whole church yeah. and make sure that our students are not getting something different from youth group uh, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday school than they're, than they're getting from um, just the, the, the pulpit ministry or Sunday morning ministry of, yeah, that's of the really church. Wise. So yeah. that, that has helped us a lot uh, when it comes to a discipleship plan. And also I think it just feels a little bit less. I think it helps the, the gospel and, church life feel like it has more of a continuity for our students mm -hmm. because they're not getting, you know, this really, uh, youthful or, uh, I don't know, typical youth group vibe Christianity. And then, you know, really formal, um, old people, church, uh, Christianity, but it, it really, I think it feel, it has a similar feel similar emphases and then and then similar language so yeah. in, in terms of what it looks like on the ground uh uh just discipleship at a manual the one of one of the most powerful uh, i guess i guess i don't know what you want to call it a slogan or a word formula uh it would be gospel plus safety plus time mm. and this is something that that Emmanuel wants to offer to everyone who who walks through uh, the doors into into the church, but it's something that we want to offer to students. And, and when we say gospel, what we what we mean is is um, God's love for sinners through the finished work of Christ and the endless power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't want that to be just a, a ticket in the door or you know uh, bullet point number one, and then we'll move on to the the other stuff. Um, we want to provide multiple exposures to the gospel to our students, and we want to do it um, within an environment that's that's safe, an environment where where people aren't wearing uh, masks, where where people aren't hiding, uh, where where people aren't trying uh, twisting arms or or manipulating or uh, living kind of double lives. Uh, safety is just crucial in terms of. Uh, Church, church in general, but especially in, in the student ministry, because most of the the lunch tables that our kids sit around during the week, yeah. or the um, I don't know their 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 digital lives, whatever, most of it's not safe. Most of it, they are um, being really careful and calculated in terms of 
um, which parts of themselves they share, which parts of themselves they don't share, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to fit in. And so we want to provide this safe environment yeah. uh, where the gospel is preached. Yeah. And then third is just time. We want to do that. Uh, we commit to doing that with students for the long haul. So this is is not the type. We don't have a discipleship plan that fits into nine months. We don't have, um, there's, there's no kind of timer on students of, Hey, you, you, you just turned 14. That's typically the age when people get baptized around here. So, um, where you at, you in or out mm-hmm. there's, there's an environment, uh, where students know that we're going to stick with them, um, for the long haul and that they're going to keep getting gospel in a safe environment for, um, as long as they want to be a part of the church in the student ministry. So that's, I would, I would say those are our values as, uh, as it pertains to a discipleship plan and they inform a lot of what we do. Yeah. I love that gospel plus safety plus time. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that comes from our founding pastor, uh, Ray Portland. Um, and yeah, I just, I stole it. I, I, I wasn't clever enough to come up with something different for the student ministry. So yeah, we, uh, we try to just share as much culture and language and, um, yeah, more about that later, but we, we want to share all that stuff with the, with the church. Yeah. I, I think that's really wise. I know you, you mentioned that, um, a lot of that was because you were part-time at first. Um, but that might have actually been a really um, surprising hidden blessing then if that was yeah, the motivation. Because I've mm-hmm. seen too many churches who have you know, a separate youth building and they have their own cool name. And it's like the youth ministry is so separated from the church. It's like, it's like the church is hosting a parachurch ministry yeah. for the youth group. And sometimes the student ministry and the church will do things together. But for the most part, it's just a parachurch ministry that the church right. is funding and hosting and providing. And that's not to say parachurch ministry is, is all bad. And, you know, I know we have young life staffers and, and others who do mm-hmm. listen and I'm really thankful genuinely for that ministry. But it's just weird when churches have a youth ministry but they treat their youth group and their youth pastor like there's no overlap between the church and the student ministry. So yeah, I'm just yeah. really encouraged by, by what you're sharing here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a really short term win when you take that approach yeah. in terms of we're, we're going to do on Sunday mornings, we're going to have a yeah. service for, for our youth or hey, on Wednesday nights, we're just, it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. Whatever they, whatever we have convictions that we won't do during a Sunday morning service, um, for whatever reason, preference or, uh, yeah. conviction, like we're turning the lights off. We're, we're getting the spotlights out. Um, when, when youth ministries go that route, it is this short term win in a sense of, um, those, most of those changes are made because, because students like it. And they might be more likely to bring their friends to that kind of thing. 
but when you look long term in terms of what that's training those kids towards what's that what what that kind of pragmatic model is discipling kids towards it's uh, setting them up for so much disappointment when they turn 18 or when they turn 23 and they are they show up at a church and they're just you know a person there's no one greeting them at the door with a high five mm-hmm. and uh, they're not in anyone's roster of you know I'm I, I eat pizza with Joey on, on, on Thursday nights uh, because I'm his, his youth leader. When, yeah, when, when we go that route of, of kind of treating the youth ministry as this, uh, this group that we want to cater to whatever their desires are, and we don't treat them as just part of the broader church, they don't, in my experience, they don't ever develop an appetite for the broader church, uh, which which is is a failure in discipleship yeah. and uh yeah short-term gains but but long-term um really problematic yeah another part of our the discipleship plan the gospel plus safety plus time is like i said our values and informs what we do but uh when it comes to what we do we try to be really simple and and not load up the schedule in terms of official youth group events. So uh, I have a, a card that I, I get to pass out when, whenever a, a new family comes and visits Emmanuel and, and I'm telling them about the uh, student ministry. And on, on that card are just three things that we do. And the first one is, is actually corporate Sunday worship mm-hmm. because we want this to be the most important youth group event yeah. of the week because uh, as I was talking about with the whole short, short-term gains, but but long-term um, failure, if if our 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds aren't, when they're in their parents' homes or, or when they're at that really malleable age where they're uh, really being formed and shaped, yeah. if they're not developing an appetite for the preached word, if they're not uh, developing an affection for the a seven-year-old couple that they sit by um, in the service, then we're not we're not training them up to be lifelong disciples of Jesus. Yeah, and so we just try to be really uh, clear and explicit about the most important youth group event of the week is is the corporate Sunday worship. And I tell families routinely, if if they want to. If, if, if their schedule's tight and they need to choose one of one of the three things that we do to choose that every time mm-hmm. every time to choose to, to bring their their teenagers and preteens to corporate Sunday worship because that's just uh, the biggest win for them long term as disciples yeah the, the second thing that I'm we so do, oh go ahead I'm so I, I just want to say I, I'm, I'm so thankful for that emphasis and um yeah, we we need to be playing the long game, and I think a lot of times we can think about the goal of youth ministry is to make teenage disciples, uh, to make teenage Christians, but that's not what we're about. Um, that you, the goal of youth ministry is to make adult disciples whose faith took root in their teen years. Um, mm-hmm. So how can we, how can we form teenage disciples with the adult discipleship mentality? Um, otherwise we're graduating kids and they don't really know how to be part of the church. 
So then mm-hmm. we wonder why they never get connected and plugged in. And it's kind of because we've trained them to think that, you know, big church is boring and yep. youth groups where it's at. And that can kind of puff up the youth pastor's ego, uh, but it's not serving your students in the long run. Right. And it, it feels a little bit like over-functioning. Um, there's, there's this desire that, okay, hey, I'm, I'm on staff. I'm paid to, to uh, be these, the, the pastor of these students. Yeah. And so I'm going to do it all for them. Uh, and, and there's, there's a, an ex- extent there to where one of the most important things you can do is, is point students towards these, um, yeah, just the corporate means of grace of the things that are already happening in your church, uh, that, that you can come along students, uh, alongside students and, and explain to them, Hey, here's why we do that at this point in the service, mm-hmm. especially if you're in more of a high church yeah. or liturgical yeah. context the the student minister has an opportunity to kind of translate and explain, here's why this is so impactful. Here's why the church has been doing this for 500 years. Mm-hmm. And as, as a, the other option would be, um, you know, just kind of trying to do their own thing on a, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. And that's confusing for kids. <laughs> it's yeah. really confusing, uh, for, for kids. And, uh, yeah, it seems like, um, it, it, an opportunity for us to do less and, and point students to um, just what Christians have been doing for 2,000 years, which yeah. is gathering corporately and um, sitting under the preaching of the word and, and singing uh, together and praying together. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Hey, I, I want to go back to something that you said um, a few minutes ago when you were talking about the gospel, um, and it rolled out of your mouth so smoothly that I'm guessing this is kind of just the, the way that you guys um, articulate it. So you you gave a, a definition of the gospel, an explanation of the gospel that was explicitly Trinitarian, um, right? And so mm-hmm. could, you, could you repeat that and kind of walk us through what, yeah. what is the gospel? Sure. And I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Trinity. I highly recommend it. And um, I, I think we, we really need to, to regain and recapture Trinitarian language in, in the church because we've lost that. Um, so, yeah, w- could you share that again? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the definition that we use for the gospel with, with the students is, is God's love for sinners through the finished work of Christ and the unlimited power or the endless power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah, that's, that's just a definition that um, I picked up, I think from my pastor, TJ Timms and, and he picked it up from somebody else and, and it, it uh, encapsulates the good news in a easy to remember way that is easy to teach. To, to students and um yeah, yeah i think it's super helpful yeah yeah no that's awesome i um yeah i i really <laughs> i really like that i might also be um adopting that too take it um, please so yeah thanks thanks for that um so we 
we can often think about the gospel as it pertains to evangelism. Um, like the gospel is just an evangelism tool, but it's not right. I mean, the gospel is so much more than just an evangelism tool. Um, so how do you uh, intentionally build and think through discipling students in light of the gospel? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, one of my friends who was working with navigators uh, up at Iowa State University was, I, I was talking to him about, uh, so he's working with college students, and I was talking with him about his his ministry to his students. And he, he brought up a great point in that he, had, he, he realized that he was teaching a bunch of people how to be disciples when there was a deeper question that they were asking that um, if he didn't ask, if he didn't address, if he didn't talk, talk to people about, um, kind of rendered the, the how question um, useless. And that was why be a disciple. Hmm. He, he kept picking up on, on students, yeah. um, just kind of really weighing that balance. Why be a disciple of Jesus? And if we don't have a compelling answer to that, then the the how training or um, yet training on, on these just different aspects of the Christian life, if it's not grounded in a big why, then it's it's not going to um, ever get lived or or um, yeah pr- produce fruit. And so I, I think the reason why the gospel is so imperative for discipleship is because the the gospel is the reason why anyone would want to be a disciple. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, um, Paul just kind of lays this out. He just says, if, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Says, if, it, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. And, and so there is just a a huge question all our students are asking why would i choose to be a disciple of of jesus christ they have more options of of who they they want to be or um how they want to uh, live their lives than, than ever before there's just like this limitless options that um culture communicates to students now uh why be a disciple be a disciple because the gospel's true and if as we're discipling others, the, the gospel isn't at the heart of everything we're teaching, um, then we're going to lose that why. And that, the how, um, just it loses its meaning if it's not grounded in the gospel. Uh, the second thing I'd say is just that the, the gospel is the only sustainable fuel for a life of obedience. Like it, it just, the Christian life doesn't run on anything else. Yeah. And if it does, it does like just irreparable damage to the engine, kind of like my uh, Toyota Camry that I, I really need an oil change for. <laughs> um, the gospel is the only fuel there is. Um, I found that out myself. Um, students are, are finding that out as in, in front of us in real time often. And so, yeah, if, if our teaching on the Christian life in the way of Christ isn't, um, 
if that isn't being fueled by the gospel, we're going to burn out and our students are, are going to burn out, um, you know, maybe before us, maybe after us, but, um, the Christian life can't run on anything else. So yeah, that's, that's why I just think the gospel is, is so crucial. Um, not as this one time get into the kingdom and then move on to these, these other things, but, but as a, uh, literally fueling our, our, uh, following of christ in real time brother that's so good um but as we wrap up um because time unfortunately is is short i think we could keep this conversation going for another hour if we wanted uh is there any any final words or recommendations or uh resources that you'd want to offer for our listeners as they think about discipleship in their youth ministry yeah uh I, i would just say that Leaders that love Christ, love the Bible, and and love helping kids grow as disciples is the secret sauce. That uh, to the extent that anything is going well in the Emmanuel student ministry, um, it goes back to God using the the fourteen small group leaders that we have uh, to teach and to live out in front of kids what it looks like to live this this gospel-fueled life of discipleship. So um, there, I, I would just encourage people not to think too much about a specific demographic, like, oh, I need single people in their 20s, or um, I need this, I need someone who's got this much, uh, at least 10 hours of free time. I, w- I would just... Um, really say, find radiant followers of Jesus in your congregation and ask them to give up two or three or four or five hours of their week to come sit with students with open Bibles um, and just process um, the gospel and how it, it, it pertains to all of life together with these students and when you're, when you're pitching it to, to uh, prospective leaders, let them know how incredibly significant and rewarding like their work is going to be. Because um, I, I think as youth ministers, we can say that. We can say, hey, I've seen a lot of other people in your shoes who have um, had busy schedules and yet have set aside a few hours a week to do this. And they would tell you today, you know, Bring, bring one of your current leaders with you. Uh, they'll tell you today that it is so incredibly worth it to be a part of, uh, to be used by God to, to disciple the next generation. So um, yeah, elite, having, having leaders that, that love Christ and love students is so imperative for a healthy flourishing student ministry. And in terms of how I think about what we do, the the important thing is okay how does how do our values gospel plus safety plus time how does that actually get um, democratized and 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 lived out for the the fifty or sixty students that we minister to and the answer has to be we need we need more saints here yeah. we need more uh, believers that are one or five steps ahead of these students in in stage of life who love Jesus who are in the room 
and um, providing gospel and safety in time. Yeah. Because to the extent that I try to do that for um, 50 or 60 students, that just won't work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would just really encourage people as they're thinking about discipleship in their ministries to find to find uh, people to work with and, and lock arms with. Yeah, that's such a good word. Um, I, I'm so thankful for this conversation. I thank, thank you for your ministry. Too, Thanks for your time. Um, gospel plus safety plus time. Um, gospel is God's love for sinners through the finished work of Christ in the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. Did I get that right? You, you got it right. Endless or unlimited. I've heard them both. And endless um, power. So you got, I like you got options there. Yeah. And the yeah. endless power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, yeah, thanks, uh, listeners, for joining in on this conversation. Thank you, Vince, for, for sharing with us. And if you want to learn yeah, more thanks. about uh, the Youth Pastor Theologian, uh, you can check out check us out online at youthpastortheologian.com. Find us on uh, the socials at Youth Theologian. Vince, how could people find and connect with you uh, somewhere online? Yeah, I am um, like a Luddite when it comes to technology. Um, a Luddite, if you don't know what it is, I think a few centuries ago, people would go around smashing machines because they didn't <laughs> like them. Um, that's kind of me, but I do have an email address. And so if someone wanted to connect with me, um, they could email me at Vince at EmmanuelNashville.com. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And, and yeah. we will. Yeah, Mike, I just want to yeah. thank you, brother, because your resources around uh, youth ministry with depth have really helped me. And I, I think uh, a lot of the convictions that have, have shaped the way that we do ministry come from this, this mindset of a youth pastor as a theologian. Mm. And um, how do we do youth ministry in a way that's honoring to to God and in line with the, the scriptures. So thanks brother. This is a, this is a really awesome um, and helpful project. That's going to help a lot of students. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Until next week, we'll see you then. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at youth theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles and, generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address, or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you next week. <music>